0: The House, the podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, and video games. And joining me as always is Dave.
1: Hello there.
0: And we got a question for you, folks. Do you like stab movies?
1: Say, did you get this thing right before the movie where like Ghostface gave a spoiler warning thing?
0: no i didn't uh mine was like some uh special event was what they marketed as it like had a little like 10 15 minute doc on like the impact the original had and how excited the everyone was to return to this movie
2: Mm -hmm.
0: so there was no like spoiler thing but then again i saw it kind of late in the game so Mm -hmm. i'm sure all the spoilers are already out there speaking of which uh For this one, we're going to be kind of vague at first, but folks, we're going to treat this like a full-on spoiler discussion, so just be pre-warned if you don't want to know anything going in, if you're waiting for, say, DVD or it hasn't come out in your country yet, just be forewarned.
1: But we're talking today about Scream 5. We, yes. c- we could be calling it first... Scream 2022, but we're going to say that what the movie is. It's Scream 5. Or if we keep the p- pattern of titling that the fourth one was written is, you can also call it 5 Cream.
0: Yes. I will say this. I hate the trend of rebooting fi- or requaling films like they call it in this where you just use the same title over again. Like The only time it made sense to me was Mortal Kombat 9, where that one literally involves time travel elements.
1: But yeah, I remember back in 2020, shortly after the quarantine had started and there looked to be no hope in the world, they suddenly announced a new scream was going to happen.
0: I mean, this was a series... I mean, well, I'm certainly not as big of a fan of this series as Dave is, even this is one that I thought, well, Wes Craven's gone. Probably seen the end of it. I mean, I know there was the TV show, but... I don't know, that was easy enough to kind of view as its own separate, unrelated thing, you know?
1: But then they got the crew who made Ready or Not, which is... I. Highly recommended for me if you haven't seen it.
2: And
0: this one's kind of interesting. It's Each Scream film kind of tackles like whatever the horror genre is at the moment. And it's why I kind of think three is the weakest of the films just because they were out of source, out of material to point out at that
1: point. Though, like, even back then, trilogies weren't really a thing in horror. No, I mean, the
0: trilogies was more so every other genre. Horror sequels just kind of <laughs> kept going until they stopped making money. Right.
1: And even here in this one, when they talk about recalls, they don't just keep the horror movies. They also bring up, like, Force Awakens, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: Yes, that's, requels are very much the topic of this one, much like how remakes were for the Scream 4. Mm-hmm. Essentially, what this film's about on kind of a metatextual film is those sequels like Halloween or dare I even say Scream 4, where it's older cast members returning to a franchise they've been in before. And kind of half New Blood, half your old favorites returning. I'd almost argue Scream 4 was kind of the first prototype of this.
1: Well, I think Scream 4 is sort of along the lines of Crystal Skull, where it was sort of a legacy sequel before people finally knew how the formula to that worked. And in those ones, they, instead of making it a past the Torch movie, it was the old guard still holding on.
0: Yeah, definitely. If
1: anything, I think Scream 4, if it had been, like, the same movie but released nowadays, it's meta-twist of all the new characters getting killed off and only the main trio surviving might have been an even bigger surprise.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'll be honest, I don't have the greatest memory of what happened in Scream 4. I kind of remember a couple of the characters, but that's about it. But... Like I said, this, I feel, is probably the best of the sequels we've gotten.
1: As the bigger fan of the franchise, I'd really have to sit and think on it. I'd alternate between saying two or four is my favorite, and maybe this one will be... It's definitely in the top three overall ranking the films, but I need to focus on where I would place it.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And I think we can all agree it is a more true sequel than Stab 8 was.
1: Yeah, I'm so happy that after the second film introduced that, they consistently kept that as part of the plot of these movies.
0: Although I'm not going to lie, just from the little bit we saw Stab 8, I kind of want to see that movie.
1: Apparently they did actually want to get Ryan Johnson to make a cameo in this
0: which, I heard that, though, I'm not entirely, does he have a bigger connection to these movies that I'm not aware of, or is it just, it's Ryan Johnson, he did Knives Out?
1: Well, he was the guy who directed The Last Jedi, and. Yeah. And there's a reason why that's relevant that we'll talk about in the spoiler section, but.
0: But he doesn't have, like, a huge history with this series. No. Okay.
1: Ugh. Though I honestly wouldn't mind seeing him do a screen movie. It would definitely be different. But yeah, this time around, Sydney Gale, and Dewey are not necessarily the main characters. We follow this new girl, Sam Carpenter, who is about 25 years old. She has some mental issues, and something in her past that we're going to avoid talking about for now when she hears her sister has been assaulted by a guy in a ghost face mask, she and her boyfriend head back to the town of Woodsboro, where the killings begin again.
0: Yep, that's the basic sales pitch. Uh, You learn very quickly that there's an aspect to Sam's character that makes her kind of a more, how would I put this? She has a tie to the original, despite being a brand new character, to the point where I was kind of sitting back going, was she introduced in Scream 4 and I just don't remember her or not?
1: I will say, if she does become the new lead in the future movies, she is distinct enough from Sydney that she doesn't just feel like Sydney 2.0.
0: Yes, I'll agree with that. I do feel... One of my minor nitpicks is they could have done a little bit more to develop her as a character outside of just what her connection is to the original.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Early on, it very much feels like, care about this character because of X. Mm-hmm. But towards the end, you really do end up rooting for her, especially with how this film wraps up.
1: Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that they actually revealed the uh, sp- thing we're keeping hidden relatively early into the movie as opposed to just saving it for a last act reveal
0: yes i mean i feel like if it had been a last act reveal she would have been the villain of the film
1: Mm -hmm. but yeah this is about characters who have some ties to the past movies like There's the siblings Mindy and Chad, who are the nephews of Randy. Nephew and niece of Randy.
0: Which, I thought they did a good job of making them feel like Randy, despite being very unique characters. (laughs) Although I will say, outside of... Well, it kind of goes... There's a few of the newer cast members that very much just feel like stats to pad out the body count. But I would say the niece and nephew character are because they give them that connection and kind of play off it in slightly different ways. I felt like it worked a bit better, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, they did the film nerds club with Scream 4, too. So they realized after killing off Randy and Scream 2, they still have to have his archetype represented somehow.
0: Yeah, because the whole thing with the Scream films is they're kind of in this weird we're-in-a-movie-but-we're-not-in-a-movie kind of vibe to them. This isn't full Mel Brooks where they break the fourth wall. So they kind of work in kind of this strange middle ground is how I would describe it. Mm-hmm. And when I mean... I'll say if you are someone who dislikes the other Scream movies... There is nothing for you here.
1: Yeah, I mean...
0: This is a love letter to this series.
1: In multiple ways, and it is kind of weird that this film, its the big selling point is the return to Woodsboro when Scream 4 already kind of took that plot line, but it's just—it's a very distinct entity. I, I would not call it a rehash of Part 4.
0: No, 4 had its own thing. Mm-hmm. I will say one of the elements that I don't think quite works for this film is they kind of get this thing going that they had in Halloween with the Halloween reboot of this time evil dies. We're going to end the cycle equal and stop the killer once and for all. The returning characters kind of have that vibe, but it doesn't quite work in the Scream series because... Scream killers aren't one killer continuously coming back. They're copycat killers.
1: And yeah, but the same costume. they all I'm sure in universe they just all melt together into minds of these the survivors. Oh,
0: I'm sure, but it's just that was just an element that you kind of reminded me of it that I felt didn't quite work <laughs> as well as some of the other things.
1: If anything, that's a trend I've been noticing in slashers recently where the final girl is being more proactive and they're taking the fight to the killer rather than just waiting for them to come and fighting back.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of... I'd say it's something with older slashers where I don't quite consider it a problem of somebody... It's a common complaint where people are saying, well, this person's the victim, and they're just running away. And it's like, well, they're being hunted by a train killer, or as in a sense, that's what's going to happen. But when you see it happen hundreds of thousands of times over numerous slashers, it is nice seeing more agency as more sequels and spinoffs and inspired films kind of come, you know?
2: Yeah.
1: I, I would almost
0: compare this to, to a lesser degree, how in the first Terminator, a course Sarah Connor is running for her life, while in the second one she's been training. I mean, there's a great line in this one where Dewey's talking to Cindy, Sydney, and he's like, "Well, do you have a gun?" And he's like, "She's like, I'm a Sydney Prescott. Of course, I have a gun." Please, fun this fact, is the fifth movie.
1: Fun fact, Nev Campbell apparently had libbed that.
0: That's an awesome line. Kudos to her, because that's always been kind of the common criticism with slasher films of, why do these people never have guns?
1: And I will say, part of the reason why I like some of these things becoming franchises is I feel there are certain kinds of plot lines you could only explore in a continuation or sequel
0: Definitely. I mean I'm sure at one point at some point we'll do the Halloween recall where we'll talk about some of the elements there that I really like with Jamie Lee Curtis's character. I
1: mean speaking of, how would you what would you prefer? This or Halloween twenty eighteen?
0: I prefer Halloween twenty eighteen. Just for one I'm a bigger fan of the original Halloween than I am the Scream movies. Mm-hmm. And to just, while I appreciate the kind of we're in a movie, but we're not in a movie tone. A part of me, it kills a bit of the stakes with it, with just the setup of it. So I just kind of prefer the setting and tone of the Halloween's or the Friday the thirteenth mm-hmm. to this.
1: In my opinion, out of the main trio, I think David Arquette gave his best performance as Dewey in this one.
0: Yes, I I loved doing this film.
1: I mean, the, he was always like the happy kind of positive, just trying to be a lighter tone guy in the previous four movies. And here he's like the worn down veteran of all this horror.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I could certainly say I have some issues with maybe this or that, that they do with certain characters. I don't have any complaints with, with the acting from anyone, if that makes sense.
1: Indeed. And, I feel the gore in this is pretty solid.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Scream movies have never been known for, like, these super creative kills. But there are definitely some here that make you wince. Uh, I'd say for me, the highlight of this film is there's this chase scene in the hospital where, spoiler alert, uh, the character is confined to a wheelchair due to previous injuries and just trying to get away, and obviously somebody who's bandaged up, been stabbed multiple times, trying to go away in a wheelchair, is not able to get away that quickly. And you see where she's causing strain, so much strain that she's bleeding through her cast and whatnot, just trying to get away, and it's a really tense moment. I love that scene.
1: I gotta say, between that sequence and the Final 10 minutes of Scream 4. You gotta wonder, what is going on at the hospital where they've never noticed a killer getting in two separate times?
0: You know, it's a... Expansion of disbelief is what it comes (laughs) down to. Because if you've ever been at a hospital any time of day, you know that those things are staffed to the T.
1: And one thing I... Appreciate about this franchise is how the usually 10-minute long opening sequences always have something that differs it. And this time around, the opening victim survives.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with how it was playing out initially, they're very much trying to recreate the original Scream opening, which is the most iconic part of Scream.
1: And I gotta say, I loved how they did the thing where the victim is given trivia that they get wrong except this time it's basically about the events of scream
0: yeah definitely like the way they're able to do the trick question okay that'll stump people that was pretty good
1: though i actually recall like such an idea was in the original draft for scream 4 and they, it got taken out, but it, I'm glad they were able to reuse it. Like, back then, I think I remember reading that the trick question was, who was the first victim in the original Woodsboro Massacre? And if I asked you that question, who would you say?
0: Well, instinctually, I would say, uh, oh, Drew Barrymore's character, even though I know it's uh, her boyfriend, actually.
1: And I even think that, if I remember correctly, in the script, the character did correctly remember the boyfriend detail, but then Sydney points out my mom was the first victim of them. Oh, no. Well,
0: someone's at the door and getting ready to kill me now. Well, it's been <laughs> fun, folks. Dave, you take it from
1: here. I mean, if we could get Roger L. Jackson, that would be a nice surprise. Hmm? I mean, if we could get Roger L. Jackson, that would be a nice surprise. <laughs> This is the first time they actually gave him credit in like the photos during the cast list. Mm-hmm. Which
0: you bringing him up does bring up something I wanted to mention. They altered his voice slightly for this. I still think it works good, but it's, I don't know. It didn't seem quite as menacing as in the past films.
1: Mm-hmm. And before we go into more detail during the spoilers, I'll ask in vague terms Were you able to figure out who it was before the reveal? Or?
0: So, I don't think it's going to be a huge spoiler to say that there's more than one killer mm-hmm. that's kind of standard for the Scream films. Mm-hmm. One I got almost immediately. Mm-hmm. And the other one, I was kind of in between, well, it's either her or him, and I wasn't quite sure which would be which. But as soon as they reveal, it was like, okay, yeah, it makes sense. So I will say the killers make sense in this.
1: And I will say that once you go back after knowing the answer... This is the first time since the original where I feel that they managed to put a lot of clues pointing towards who did it. So it's not just pulling a character's name out of a random hat and saying, "your ghost face.
0: Yeah, one thing I'll definitely uh, bring up once they reveal the spoilers, which as soon as they did the twist, I was like, oh, you clever dogs, you...
1: But yeah, I'm glad they managed to work in a dedication to Wes Craven. And one thing I didn't realize until I read it on forums back when they do the four Wes message at the end, you can hear the sound of like birds chirping. And apparently, Wes Craven was a, a devoted bird in real life. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Hmm.
0: Good morning. You know.
1: So any other non-spoiler thoughts you want to say before we go into spoilers or nah?
0: No, I'll just say if you've happened to stick around for this long, if you enjoy these movies, you'll certainly enjoy this one. It's certainly, it's not a black mark on the franchise is what I'll say.
1: Yeah, just out of all the major horror franchises, I'm of the opinion that the Scream sequels were probably the most Consistent sequels in terms of quality a franchise had. Mm-hmm.
0: So, with that being said, let's dive into spoilers.
1: So, this, this film is basically Screams Force Awakens in more ways than one. Mm-hmm. R.I.P., Our Friend Dewey. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'll say
0: when the scene was happening, I knew he was going to die, and I was a little annoyed with the setup to him being killed because he's in the elevator, he's about to leave, and then he does the whole "oh wait, movie need to shoot him twice" thing, and it's like. Come on, do we just get in the elevator, get in the elevator. But his actual death, especially with how the Ghostface killer reacts to it, like, it's an honor. I thought that was done excellently.
1: Well, earlier in the film, when he called Sydney and she said, like, I- I'm not coming back. I have a family. I'm staying out. So when I knew she comes into the movie later, I immediately figured, okay, it's because he's going to die and she wants revenge. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's probably the best way they could have killed off one of the main trio.
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think this was a move you could you can only do once. Mm-hmm. I mean, for Scream 5, I mean for Scream 6 which is announced, I can't see them killing off one of the two original of the only two remaining actors at this point.
1: Yeah. The Speaking of returning actors, there was props to the crew making this. There was somebody's presence they kept completely hidden during production. Oh, yeah. Skeet Ulrich is back. As a ghost or just hallucination, at least.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a... Uh... It's very much... Have you played uh, Arkham Knight?
1: No, I haven't.
0: Well, it's similar to the Joker's role in that, for those of our listeners who've played that. the main... Go ahead. You go on, sorry. (laughs) Which, I'll be honest, I'm kind of mixed on how I feel about this. I don't know, having... It worked. I thought they overdid it just a little bit with his appearance. But I definitely think it worked for what it was. I just think they overplayed it slightly, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, the thing we were talking about and keeping hidden was that it turns out Sam was Billy Loomis's daughter. Yep. And you just realize her character's name is Sam Carpenter, but if he takes her biological father's name that would technically make her Sam Loomis. Hmm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like I said, I enjoyed him having kind of a small cameo role. I just thought they flashed to her seeing him (laughs) a few too many times, if that makes sense.
1: I was just curious whether or not they had to digitally de-age him or if he just still looked like that naturally.
0: I think they de-aged him because, I don't know, some of it looked a little bit off to me.
1: <laughs> but yeah, he's technically one of the good guys in this movie because he's always like trying to help Sam, even if it's in the way of like embrace your dark impulses. Mm. But they also, I'm glad they acknowledged the individual past sequels. Like, they have Randy's sister, played by the same person who played her in Scream 3.
2: hmm
1: And Deputy Judy, who's now the sheriff from Scream 4, who they also kill off. I will say,
0: outside Dewey, her and her son's death were probably the most effective of the film.
1: I mean, that's like the first time in the franchise where... You see, like, a parent worrying for their child. and
0: Mm -hmm. Which, again, this kind of addressed the common criticism of these films where these characters know a killer's in the loose. Why don't they carry around a gun or a taser? Hey, this character's carrying around a taser. He just didn't have it on him because he was in the shower when he got attacked.
1: And I did really like the bit where the son, whose name is Wes... Like he's After he gets out of the shower and we know the killer just got his mom, he keeps doing the thing where he opens a door and, oh, the killer has to be there when he closes it, but nope. And it happens multiple times before Ghostface finally appears.
0: Yeah, they do the fake-out maybe three or four times, I'd say, with it.
1: And with Judy's death, like, the idea of getting killed on your front porch in broad daylight in what looks to be a fairly packed neighborhood is, that's a nice twist on how these things would usually go. Mm-hmm.
0: Especially with how quick it happens.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And speaking of returning things, we also go back to the original house from the end of the first movie, which they even kind of make a point of Cindy saying. Really? You're going back to the original house? Even none of the other sequels did it, kind of pointing out it's a bit of a cliche, but, like, lovingly, you know?
1: Yeah. It's too bad it doesn't look like they were able to film the actual original house.
0: Oh, was that not the original house?
1: No, there's some clear differences, but it's a decent enough recreation that I couldn't blame somebody if they thought it was the same thing, but I do like the reveal shot because, like, once the, they go to the house party for the climax, you only see interior shots. And then because Sydney and Gail are following because they placed a tracer on Sam in her boyfriend's car. And she, like, sees where they're parking, like, oh, god damn it. So she calls Sam, you're, you're in Stu Mocker's house. And then the, the camera pulls back and you see it for what it is. Mm-hmm.
0: I especially love this one scene where uh, she's trying to figure out the keller, where the Keller is. She sees uh, the closet that the Keller jumped out of in the original film, and she just shoots the door before opening it.
1: And she proceeds to do that with multiple other doors.
0: Again, kind of addressing the whole criticism that these films sometimes get situation with, you have a gun, use it, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. And now, since we're in spoilers, we can talk about Ghostface. Who, this time around, he was just an... They were just angry Last Jedi haters, basically. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Like, they were Sam's boyfriend, Richie, played by Jack Quaid, and one of the sister's friends named Amber.
0: Yeah, which I'll say... The Amber character, as soon as she popped up, I was just like, okay, she's definitely one of them.
1: I figured that early on when she was threatened in the opening scene but not actually killed, I figured, so she's probably in on it.
0: Yeah, that was the same thing. As soon as she was shown, it was like, okay, yeah, she's one of the killers. And when she has a speaking line, it's like, yep, definitely one of the killers.
1: Plus the... like, a running gag throughout the movie is how much, like, audiences hated the in-universe stab eight, and that turned out to be the killer's motive. They just want a better stab movie to be made, that's all.
0: So they're creating source material, which I'm trying to remember if it's been brought up in these series or not, but just kind of a little side tangent here, it's, imagine if these were, like, if this was the source material for these films, how controversial they would be. <laughs> e, you keep making sequels, and they keep inspiring real killers. Stop making these sequels.
1: I mean, like, <laughs> Stab A was apparently very unpopular in the universe, so... Perhaps you this
0: it. is that We got a cameo by the Dead Meat
1: crew. Yeah. James, A. Janice and Chelsea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you mentioned you had it spoiled for you before you saw it.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, I follow uh, both James and Chelsea on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So, like, the week the film came out, I just all of a sudden saw... Yeah, we're in the movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Really?"
1: But did you know the context of their cameo before you saw it, or I didn't know the
0: context, but I pretty well guessed it. To be honest with you,
1: I would love it if they ever like later did a podcast as their in-universe characters, like as they're called film fails in this.
0: Mm-hmm. Although I did appreciate that they used their actual set to film. <laughs>
1: And even though I found Amber to be somewhat predictable for the reveal, I loved the way she gets revealed. Like, there's five people arguing in the room all together, so you think, okay, the ghost face is going to pop out there, and then one of them, this girl named Liv, is arguing because she's found with her boyfriend's blood, like, fuck you, I'm not the fucking killer. And Amber pulls the gun, I know.
2: hmm
0: I will I- say, there's a scene where she comes out of the house, and she's trying to Confused Courtney Cox's character. Like, please help me. And she's just like, definitely a trap. And she's like, ah, fuck it. Bang, bang, bang. (laughs) And I will say, she might have the most brutal death of any of the killers in these movies.
1: Well, she was the one who killed Dewey. So she kind of had to be given the
0: Mm -hmm. most brutal death.
1: Which, she was also set on fire in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood.
0: I haven't seen that movie, actually, so... I didn't catch that, but if that's a deliberate callback, well played.
1: (laughs) And the other killer, uh, Richie, just... I counted, like, he gets stabbed over 20 times by (laughs) Sam. Mm -hmm. And she even does the wiping the blood off, like Ghostface did in the original. Mm -hmm. And... Even though the gore is pretty decent in this, the body count is not that high.
0: No, I mean, I think I kind of mentioned this earlier. These films aren't really known for having the most elaborate kills, like your Fridays or your nightmares or your Mm -hmm. Halloweens. But Mm -hmm. there's definitely some gruesome kills in this.
1: I mean, Scream is more about the kill scene rather than the kill method. Mm Mm-hmm. But still, like excluding the killers, Ghostface themselves only rack up a body count of six in this. Mm -hmm. There's this Vince guy who is just kind of a creep pervert who is Stu's nephew who gets killed 20 minutes in. They kill Judy and her son. A random cop at the hospital, and then Dewey. And lastly, the live girl gets shot by Amber. And then it's just the killers who die. So we have six survivors by the end, which is... A lot by genre standards.
0: Mm-hmm. Which I will say, I kind of appreciate it in this one. In the previous films, like the ghost killer, I mean, obviously they're played by separate actors, they're played by stuntmen as opposed to the actual actors. Mm-hmm. But with this one, I definitely got a feel with the two separate killers that they're two different individuals. In the costumes, like one of the ghost based killers was a lot more clumsy, and one was kind of more sure footed, kind of like
2: mm-hmm.
0: one of the killers was more bull and china shop root strength, and one was a bit more mm-hmm. selective and calculative of when they would strike. I definitely I- got got that in this film, which I really appreciated.
1: I think I read in a Q&A done after the movie that the directors have said that Judy and Wes were killed by different ones of the Ghost Faces rather than the same one. Because mm-hmm. Judy just gets, like, stabbed multiple times, and Wes just gets more pinned down until he gets a stab to the neck, which I guess is indicating of different killing styles. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: And a theory I had right after I saw the movie was right. In the ori- when they originally shot this, Chad did get killed off, but th- I guess he tested pretty well, so they added his survival and reshoots. Saved by reshoots, yay! Same with what Dooley was originally.
0: It's come full circle. Uh-huh. And I will say, I'm just very glad, like, in a lesser film, like, we see that Sydney has a kids in this. Mm -hmm. And in a lesser film, she would have brought her kids along. I'm so glad that they did not bring that element into the film. Just, no, you're going where a serial killer is. You don't even need a scene of her explaining, I'm not bringing the kids. Just, Mm -hmm. it's done off screen. You can infer, Mm -hmm. you know?
1: Though as a bit of an Easter egg, if you caught the name of her husband, apparently she married Patrick Dempsey's character from 3. Oh, really? Yeah. And mm-hmm. the bigger Easter egg that everybody obsessed over was during, like, the James A. Janice cameo, the Dead Meat uh, crew, you could see a video thumbnail. Apparently, Hayden Panettiere's character from 4 did survive. <laughs> hmm. Like, that was such a huge debate back when 4 came out, because she was the most popular of the new characters, and technically the last time she was on screen, she was still moving, so for years, the official fan sites and wikis would just leave her status as unconfirmed, but I guess she is alive. They even considered having her appear on screen, but I guess they couldn't find a natural way to work her in, so maybe she could be involved in 6, but...
0: Yeah, they're definitely making a sixth film, so it wouldn't surprise me. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, is there anything you'd like to see in the sixth film?
1: One thing I kind of want, and I'm not sure how much of a difference this would actually make to the quality, but I would like for the movies to go outside Woodsboro again.
0: Yeah, I could definitely see that being a good thing.
1: Like I honestly I honestly wouldn't mind if they just did another college one set one like Scream 2 was, but
0: Yeah, for me I'd say one thing I they kind of hint at here that mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind seeing more of. It's These films are obviously love letters to horror, but specifically slashers. Mm-hmm. And they kind of hint at, well, I don't like slashers. I like the character calls it elevated horror. Yeah. The Boba Duke, Midsummer, those type of more recent films.
1: It follows the witch. Yeah. Yeah. I really love It Follows.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And Midsummer was amazing. So I kind of would like to see them kind of tackle, well, there's different types of horror outside of slashers. Maybe explore that a little bit more, you know?
1: Or maybe if they need, like, an angle to approach the satire from, maybe they could bring back the concept they had for Scream 3 back in the day where somebody was organizing, like, attacks all across the country, except here it would be somebody trying to make a ghost-based cinematic universe.
0: I could see them possibly bringing that in. uh uh-huh.
1: I cannot begin to tell you... You cannot begin to comprehend how many people were thinking... The twist of this would be that Stu was still alive.
0: I just think that comes down to Matthew Loward being a very popular actor.
1: (laughs) I mean, I know a lot of the reason people felt 3 was the weakest was the change in writer and the outline of the plot that Kevin Williamson had originally planned but even i thought his idea of bringing Stu back was kind of a stretch
0: yeah definitely a stretch although speaking of matthew Loward, apparently uh, he is the voice of the stab 8 ghost face
1: chrome face as he's called
0: didn't realize he had an official name.
1: Well, I guess you can actually buy the chrome ghost face mask at, you know, party shops or whatever.
0: Yeah, I've seen it before. <laughs> that one, and I don't know if you remember this, but they used to have a ghost face mask in, like, I'm going to say late 90s, early 2000s. I was of trick-or-treat age, <laughs> so I definitely remember it, where you could pump it and it would cause blood to go down the ghost face mask. Oh, yeah,
1: I I remember seeing that. <laughs> They, ha- they had those kind of costumes when Scream 4 came out, too.
0: Okay. I remember it from more of the early, late 90s, early 2000s, just because that's when I was way more likely to see Halloween costumes, you know?
1: And also, speaking of voiceovers, like the school principal you hear early on in a scene where all the kids are gathered after class is Drew Barrymore. Oh, really? Really? And during the party, when everybody makes a toast to Wes, one of the voices apparently is Jim Kennedy's. Oh, nice. <laughs> Let's see. And I'm trying, as of what I think, versus what I want versus what I expect, the fact that Sam's mother was such an important plot point, but didn't actually appear in this, I think they might do something more with her in a follow-up, especially if the Carpenter sisters remained in new leads.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll be kind of curious to see if we keep Sam as lead or if it goes back to Sydney. (laughs) One thing I don't want them to do is kind of the killing her boyfriend unleash the killer in her angle. I just really hope they don't go that route.
1: Well, I could see like maybe as a plot point a future killer trying to gaslight her.
0: Mhm. Although I will say an element that I realized after the twist because I wasn't sure if it was going to be her boyfriend or one of the or the niece, I kind of thought it would be one of the two mm-hmm. is He's commenting on how he's never seen the stab films and Sam is like, well, you're going to Woodbury. You need to know the stab films and like cut to the next day. And he's commenting on how people hated eight, which some time passes. So you just assume, oh, he watched them all because he mentioned because you see him watching the first one on Netflix. But then afterwards, you're like, wait a minute. It wouldn't be possible for him to watch all eight films end that quick of a period and become knowledgeable on him, even if that was just, he just binged him back to back to back, which he clearly did not have time to do, so good little twist there.
1: The one thing I really like about this film that's distinct from the past four is that this is the first time the two ghost faces are friends, honestly. Yeah. Like, there's no hint of betrayal or bitterness between them, like, they both just want a new stab movie, and Mm -hmm. I honestly hope that they keep that going for future killers.
0: It's kind of a built-in narrative they can do because at this point, there's only so many "I'm trying to get revenge for X" things Mm -hmm. that you could pull off this series.
1: I am curious, like, I, if they'll bring back Patrick Dempsey and/or and Pantier in Six. Now, I don't know. Yeah, and honestly, I hope they the next one is just called Scream Six. Like, they don't try to come up with different titles for these because they do make a joke in this. About the naming it the same as the original thing
2: mm-hmm.
0: I feel like they will or they'll do like the Halloween Kills route where they'll just add a subtitle to it.
1: Ghostface dies tonight again
0: huh? or the last
2: ghostface <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm really curious, like, what did Stab 8 do so differently that people hated it?
0: (laughs) Well, we saw a ghost face with a flamethrower at one point, so (laughs) have to imagine that had something to do with it.
1: (laughs) But yeah, and also, this was shot entirely during quarantine so i was looking throughout the film if i could see like any maybe not shortcuts but like visible precautions that might have been taken Mm -hmm. like there aren't there's maybe only one or two moments where there's a crowd shot outside of the main characters and
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, it wasn't noticeable,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but I also wasn't actively looking for anything like that, you know.
1: I wasn't either. I was just—it's something I was thinking about in hindsight.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah, six is apparently going to start production production this summer, so oh, wow. it could be next year when we see it.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and. Hey, between this Halloween, Texas Chainsaw.
1: And Candyman and Chucky. Don't forget.
0: Yes, I just. I'll give you a fair warning. We'll probably do one on Texas Chainsaw mm-hmm. just so I can go on rant about it because that film looks so bad.
1: Well, Texas Chainsaw as a franchise has been the one probably most confused about what it wants to be.
0: Every single sequel, with the exception of the first one, and I will say the remake, did a good job. I mean, it was the first of the remake, so it kind of, it wasn't following into the cliches, if that makes sense. (laughs) But just watching the trailer for the new Texas Chainsaw just feels like you do not understand what makes these the original film work. But that's a rant that I'll save for when that comes out. The fact that it's going straight to Netflix, though, oh boy, it's not even going to Shutter or something. Like, if it was going to Shudder, I was like, I'd still have hope for it. But the fact that it's going straight to Netflix, oh, that worries me.
1: Imagine if it comes out and you end up liking it.
0: Hey, I'll be happy. (laughs) Like, nothing... I want nothing more than films that I think are going to be bad to prove me wrong, but I do not have high hopes for this one. (laughs) But But that being said, uh, do you have anything else you want to say on screen before we wrap it up?
1: Well, I was just so happy that we were able to see this franchise at least once more but we now know it'll be at least twice more getting to see the main trio one last time even if there, there wasn't a scene where all three of them were together and no, that's
0: It could, I, was, I just realized I, that
1: I mean that was the same case with the original trio and the Star Wars sequels hmm. and just getting to I like always the mystery of who Ghostface turns out to be and the acting in this franchise is consistently pretty solid, and I like this world. I like going back to Woodsboro every once in a while, and I'm glad this franchise, especially since four didn't flop but really underperformed eleven years ago. That it's, it's. I think that one really gained a bit more following in the years since, and now this is a bigger hit, and I'm just glad there's like maybe a. It, this film didn't create it but i guess there's like a maybe a third slasher renaissance going on right now
0: yeah it definitely looks that way i mean we could talk about the timeline of slasher films at a different point but i gotta agree with you it was a great return to the franchise and here's hoping they can keep it going for six mm-hmm. but that being said dave thank you again for joining me for this podcast Definitely one of the longer ones we've done.
1: Well, it's something I really was looking forward to talk about, and we had a lot to talk about.
0: Indeed. (laughs) And, folks, thank you for joining us. We'll catch you next time.
1: See ya.